The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. 8474. It's my joy this morning to introduce our guest speaker, Reverend Lance Lewis. Um, Reverend Lewis currently serves as the pastor of Soaring Oaks Presbyterian Church in Elk Grove, California, which is near Sacramento. There's a special connection our school has with that church in particular, where Robert and Alice Strimple, our first president, and his wife attend the church there. So he is their pastor. Before that, he's been serving in the uh, PCA for 30-plus years. In addition to his local church duties, he's been serving the denomination in multiple ways, especially as he focuses on the topic of redemptive ethnic unity, for which he's written a number of chapters and contributed widely. If you'd like to hear more about this particular topic, we have a lunch set up by the Student Association at 1245. Unfortunately, you can't sign up for lunch at this late stage. But you are more than welcome to join, hang out with us, and hear about this important topic as, it, as, as it's led and discussed uh, with our guest speaker this morning. He's been married to his wife, Sharon, what a wonderful name, who's sitting behind there, who's joins us, who joins us this morning for 33 years, and they have two children, Sarah and Charles. Reverend Lewis, we're excited that you're here. Please come and deliver God's word for us. Good morning. It is both a blessed honor and um, a grace uh, for me to be here this morning, and I'm so thankful. And I do want to send you greetings, um, obviously from your brothers and sisters in Northern California at Soaring Oaks Presbyterian Church, but I'll say in particular uh, from um, Dr. Strimple and his wife, Alice, who continue to express their appreciation and love for all of you. Let's get into the scriptures now. And if you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 3 through 14. Um, I'm going to use the NIV uh, translation uh, that's here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love... He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, 
you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. That ends the reading of God's word. Pray with me, please. Lord God, we are here by your grace and for your praise. Our, our prayer is that this would be a time of worship when we reflect upon your wonder, your beauty, your grace, and your salvation, all as they culminate in the sinless life, the sacrificial death, and the glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. You, you know that I'm not going to do an in-depth exposition of this passage. You, I'm, not, I'm not going to do that. You all know that. Dr. Kim knows that. The Walls know that. I, I simply want to encourage you to come back, dear ones, please, please come back to this passage time and again as you go through your studies and as God takes you into whatever ministry he takes you. Come back to this particular passage. Now, I know you've heard it said, and it's true, that we ought to preach the gospel to ourselves daily. And I believe that is true, that is so, that, that, that is the right thing for us to do. But there are times when that saying can be almost background noise. Well, yes, it's something that we've heard that, yes, it should be so, but I, I've got another meeting to attend. I've got another sermon to prepare. There's another counseling session that I, I, I must engage in. What, what I'd like you to do, <clears throat> excuse me, is come back to this passage over and over again when two things are happening in your ministry, by the grace of God. Come back to this passage after you have preached the best sermon in your life. Come to this passage after you have preached the sermon of sermons, the one that is going to hit the net and light it afire. The one where even your wife says, yeah, honey, you really did preach today. <laughs> When everyone thinks things are going well, come back to this passage when you have preached that sermon that went so well. And God, by his providence, had six of your members invite their friends to church. And, and their friends said, we are most definitely coming back. And we're not just saying that like other people say it. We're, we really are coming back. Come back to this. Come back to this passage when you have preached clunker after clunker, when nothing seems to be going right. Dear ones, come back to this passage when, and if this happens in your pastoral ministry, it, it, it literally seems that every word you say, every email you write is called into question. When there are times you sit down with your wife and you, and you wonder, I, maybe this just isn't it. I, I don't see how I could be the object of this person's ire and, and anger and, 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 and rancor. When, when you know, dear ones, 
in your heart of hearts that yes, you are a flawed person and yet you are not a malicious person. You are not simply seeking to go in ministry for glory for yourself but for glory of the Lord and yet every move is questioned and things simply aren't going right at all. When, when, when you're preaching your heart out in the building's a third full. Come back to this passage at those times, at those two times, as they happen throughout your ministry. And, and as you do so, revel in the marvelous grace of God for you. Take time to, 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 to let these words that the apostle wrote sink in. Revel in the knowledge that you exist as a child of the living God by the sheer grace of God. And when I mean revel, I really do mean revel in God's grace. Soak it in. Let it remind you of some things that are true about the living God and his immense, infinite, majestic love for you. Come back to this passage, dear ones. Revel in the reality that in Christ, the living God chose you before the foundation of the world simply because he wanted to. He did not choose because he was counting on your superlative sermon. He did not choose because he said, I'm going to look down the line of time. And on March 24th, 2027, he is going to preach the sermon of sermons. Revel in the grace of God because he wanted you to stand before him now and throughout eternity. Holy, set apart for him and without any hint of blame, of guilt, of reason for shame. That he chose you because he wanted you to experience his awesome beauty and glory for eternity without you having to preach to pearls of sermons to get there. Moreover, he, he did so not because he needed you, nor because in some way your absence would diminish the full expression of his awesome glory and his brilliant beauty. He did so because he is a God of infinite grace. But it is not grace, listen dear ones, it is not grace in a theological concept or the theological vacuum. Rather, it's grace specifically, especially set upon a people who though we desperately needed it, we did not deserve it and on our own could never have earned it. Dear ones, after you are in that ministry, whatever that ministry may be, and you are doing so well, and everyone is thankful for you and congratulating you, and you're being invited by Tim Keller to preach somewhere. 
take some time to read this passage, revel in the reality that the living God chose you before the foundation of the world simply because he wanted to. And as you revel in that, rejoice, listen, rejoice in that you have the confidence that your initial and continued connection with the living God came by grace alone, through faith alone, in the sinless life, sacrificial death, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ alone. If I could put that another way, why is it that you, right here, right now, where you sit, why is it here that you are the delight of the creator of the universe, the one who dwells in unapproachable light and is even now worshiped and adored by millions upon millions of heavenly beings? Why does he delight in you right now? Some of, some of you who, who might follow the NFL, I think this is draft weekend. Once again, the Cleveland Browns <laughs> will look to draft the player who they will think will finally turn their franchise around. They had an opportunity a few years ago, and they could have picked a young man named Carson Wentz. But God heard the prayers of his people in Philadelphia. <laughs> you see, as they pick their, what they hope to be their next franchise player, they're going to do so because they're going to pin part of their hopes finally for a championship based on the qualities that they think he's going to bring to their team. But the living God is so far, far from the Cleveland Browns. You see, he delights in us because he delights in his son who loved us and freed us from our sins by his blood, who has made us to be a kingdom, priests to serve his God and Father. That's why it's to him be glory and honor forever and ever. We love how Paul wrote this particular passage, and I know you've already studied it, and how many times Paul makes the reference that it's in him. Don't you love how he says, in him we have redemption. In Christ we are the delight now of the living God. Part of what that means, and I know you're not going to do so, but part of what that means, dear ones, is if by the grace of God, you said, you know, I just don't know if this is for me. Dr. Kim, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to withdraw from class. But what are you going to do with your life? You say, I, I don't I might be a surfing instructor. I don't know. But I'll be the best one by the grace of God. God will still delight in you. Because he delights in his son. And therefore, what you want to do, dearly loved ones in Christ, 
And perhaps this is the time when you want to think about when things aren't going so well, is rejoice in the confidence that in Christ, the living God delights in you because you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. There there are two more, and then, then we're going to close up. Revel in God's grace. Rejoice in the confidence of Christ's sacrifice. Relish in the knowledge that in Christ, you are the heritage the living God has reserved for himself. In Christ, you are what God has reserved for himself. That the living God before the very foundation of the world, he chose a people for himself as his treasured possession. A few weeks ago when I, when I did, I was walking through Ephesians a little bit. Okay, it's been a few months if you're hearing this SOPC. We understand that. It'll be a few months more, but that's okay. God is good. And I, I was talking to the children. I said, what are your treasured possessions? Because as they come up for the children's prayer, they all, not all of them, many of them bring up their little stuffed animals. And you know how as a child, you, you may have had that treasured possession. My son, Charles, had a Simba little dog that he just loved. Something special, meaningful, of great value to you that you take special care of. We are the treasured possession of the living God. If you can think about it this way, imagine the living God tonight asks you, what do you want to see happen throughout the years of your ministry? Where do you want to see it go? And you begin to spell out in detail, well, Lord, by, by your grace and your power and your will, if you're pleased, I would love to see this happen and, and then this and, and then this and, 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 then, and then this and, and then these things over here. And, and I would just love to see people come to you and have their lives transformed and to have families and then city blocks and then communities and then neighborhoods and then cities and the rest of even whole states bringing their praise and glory to Jesus Christ. And if you're pleased to use me to do that, well, praise the Lord. I'd like to see all of that. And then, and then perhaps you say, Lord, what do you want of me? And he says, I want you. That's why I created you. That's why I specifically and providentially oversaw your conception in your mother's womb. That's why I sovereignly brought you to myself through the witness of the gospel, whomever God used to witness the gospel to you. I have saved you for myself because I want to delight in you now and throughout eternity. You are what I want. Say that to yourself when you're in a situation and it seems nobody else wants you. When you're going through one of those passages and people don't seem to be communicating with you. You don't want, and you're wondering why. What's going on? Read that passage and say, you know, 
maybe no one else thinks much of me at this point, but I am part of the inheritance of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator and sustainer of the universe, and he will never throw me away. Dear ones, revel in God's grace. Rejoice in Christ's sacrifice. Relish in the knowledge that in Christ we are part of the heritage God has reserved for himself. And finally, rest in the certainty of your salvation and its rewards. Rest that you are sealed in him. You see, that means that, look, and this is not going to happen. Seriously, it's not because I believe God is with you. But if your ministry flops, let's just break it down. Most of you are younger than me. I'm about 54. If you get to 54, 55, 60, and you look back 20, 30, 40 years, and you say to yourself, you know, it, 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 was, it was a flop. I really could have done something else. It never really amounted to what I thought it would amount to. I, I, I just don't know why. Still know that by the grace of God, you were sealed in your salvation. That the living God, because of his love for you, will still gloriously bring you into his eternal kingdom. And that he will reward you for your faithfulness, not your success. Because he doesn't need our success. I'll tell this quick story, and then I'm going to close and encourage you one more time. I tell it often. People do like who know me know I like to watch a little football once in a while when I can. It's kind of hard out here for a brother because they come on at 10 o'clock now, and I got a job to do at 10 o'clock, usually on Sunday mornings, and I can't call out. But when I was in Philadelphia, there were times, you know, we got finished, service got finished early, and I got a chance to go home and watch the Eagles. And one day, I was doing that, and my dear loving wife, as wives are wont to do, said, you need to go to the supermarket. And I said, okay, I'll go to the supermarket. And I get in the supermarket. I get a few things I have to get. And you want to get into the self-checkout line because you think that's going to go, you know, faster. And you want, to, you want to do that. And, of course, I'm coming from church, so I'm still church-dressed. So, you know, how that scene goes. But I got myself. I'm smiling. The game's not on yet, but it's coming on. I want to see the first quarter. But then Johnny and Molly, three- and four-year-old, are helping mom. And mom is a good, wise mom. She wants to include them in the process. Johnny and Molly don't have any money. They really can't scan the things. They can't put the groceries in the bag. All they can do is delay Lance watching the game. <laughs> and I'm like, and I gotta be good because I got my church clothes on. You know, I can't. And then after they fumble and stumble and bumble, contributing nothing of substance, <laughs> because she's a good mother, looks them in the face and says, here's a reward for what you did. Dear ones, if we fumble and bumble and stumble for the rest of our ministry, rest in the certainty that we're still loved, that we're secured. And that the living God, out of his grace, love, beauty, majesty, and goodness, will wondrously welcome us into himself and reward us for the faithfulness that he gave us this ministry to do. Lord God, 
thank you. Help us to come back to this passage over and over again. In Jesus' name, amen. Copyright 2018, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.